Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to our Bible study, except today we're having a bit of a conversation. Um, as you know, our goal is to show you that you can resurrect that time-honored tradition of sitting around reading the Bible and then talking about it. Something happened yesterday that I wanted to talk about with my dad. Um, it was actually really good, and I feel like we're bearing the gold, the gold and not sharing the entire goal and what we do with you. So let me set some backdrop. Yesterday we recorded Genesis 16 and 17. Uh, before we hit record, um, we had one thing happen where one of our members was uh, told he needs to do something biblical. And then at the end, we actually had a very amazing biblical discussion on what we'd read and how it pertained to living out the godly life and how we treat others in the godly life. And I just want to apologize to you because in our goal to show you what about the Bible study, we buried the gold and we hid the best parts from you. Um, <laughs> since it was a private conversation, I'm not sure how much I could share about it, but I wanted to bring that up with dad. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Are, am I way off base or? No, I think it's good. Um, kind of remind me where we went afterwards. We were talking about, um, remind me. Uh, we were talking about the gentleman who behaved badly, and then the church deleted all of his stuff. Yes. But more to yes. the point, instead of rehashing that discussion piece by piece, I wanted to zoom out, as I want to do. And that is why we actually have Bible studies, is to get into topics like that and hash them out, have those conversations. Yeah. And Yeah, you know, the whole thing with uh, Christians who make major mistakes in their life, um, yeah. The response of the church is usually to blackball them, to um, ostracize them, to give them no recognition at all. And in Matthew 18, Jesus gives some guidelines for addressing people who have sinned against you. Mm -hmm. And the first one is to go to them and talk to them and resolve the situation without it becoming a real public issue. And then if that is not responded to to involve the elders and then to bring it public before the church. Yeah. And Jesus said, then treat them as tax collectors and sinners. And how did Jesus treat tax collectors and sinners? He was very gracious to open a way to restore them. Yep. And I think that is a huge issue. The The text that we read, uh, showed Ab Abram as being a man of the covenant, and then he he tries to fulfill the promises of that covenant through Hagar in an inappropriate way. And God's next conversation with him was not condemning, but involved promise and restoration and fulfillment of God's covenant with him. God did not throw him away and said, well, that does it, Abram. I'm going to get somebody else to do this job. Mm -hmm. And I think we as Christians um, throw one another in trash cans way too soon and way too often. Yeah. And, and one of the things that, that strikes to me is that because there is pain in ending those relationships or having your Christian idol knocked off the pedestal, um, that a lot of people 
pendulum exactly the opposite way and they're not trusting anymore. That's kind of the camp I find myself have found myself in most of my adult life. Yes. Uh, one of my favorites, uh, theological thinkers was Ravi Zacharias. Yes. Uh, what happened to him? Um, but with that, you know, when you brought, brought up Matthew 18, something to think about there is also kind of like I did last week. He does, he owes an apology to those he wronged. Mm -hmm. But also, one of my concerns is you don't want that person being the face of your organization anymore when they have screwed up. There can be the rebuilding of relationship without publicly saying this is the greatest, you know, this person speaks for us. Uh, but more important, what I want to talk to is not just the subject of, you know, these building that relationship or redeeming that relationship. What I want to bring up is building the relationship in the first place. And this is why I'm so mm -hmm. thankful to you, dad, for bringing the guys on because I had no Bible study. I haven't been in a Bible study in a long time. And I'm like, I need a Bible study. Oh, and you know, what would be kind of interesting is to record it and share it with people. And dad, you're open to that. Because we did that starting last March, I want to say thank you because we've had so many good conversations where we cover those topics. Mm -hmm. And so what I want to do is to the watcher or the listener out there, I want to tell you, this is why Bible studies with others is so important. So that, so they can have those tough, thoughtful discussions where there will be disagreements but also there will be relationship and how, how valuable that is. Yes. Um, yes. And on that note, I, I think that the um, present kind of demeanor of Christian fellowship forces people into phony mode in which we are all pretending to be sinless beings. Everything is fine. Mm -hmm. We have no struggles. We never argue with our wife. We never, you know, do any of the the things that would embarrass us in public. And I think yeah. we we have forced Christian fellowship into a bit of a falsetto mode. And um, you know, on the note of of um, um, falling into sin, you know, the Apostle John in First John points out that if 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 we if we sin, the Lord is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Mm -hmm. And then uh, that's the Apostle John, and then James, probably the brother of Jesus, writing in 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 uh, the book of James, ends the book this way. He says, "My brethren, if any among you strays from the truth." And one turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save his soul from death and, and will cover a multitude of sins. Mm -hmm. And so, first of all, it's important to, to understand that this can be a brother uh, who has sinned and we turn them from the error of their way. It does not say to condemn them. Right but to bring them back into a right relationship. And I just want to suggest something that 
many may not agree with, but I think that many times the greatest aspects of ministry lie beyond people's uh, failures mm -hmm. and the catastrophes that they have brought upon themselves. And um, I think of David, I think of, um, well, Peter continually was making major mistakes mm -hmm. he, uh, in, in so many ways. And, and God can handle our error and he can use those to build us back better than ever. Give me just a moment. I have to bear. Sorry about that. <laughs> All right. You can edit that out. Yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah. It's what, what has terrified me about church going is when, like we just went through John. Um, John chapter two is Jesus hanging out, sees a problem, fixes it. Chapter three is Jesus meets with somebody who is broken and heals him. In this case, Nicodemus. Chapter three, same story, different person, different type of healing. Chapter four, builds a relationship, sees what's wrong, heals that woman person. at the well. Mm -hmm. And when I go to church, what I find it's the exact opposite. Here's the sermon. Here's the condemnation. Here's this. And maybe someday, if you're lucky, you will have a relationship. And what I, what I want to see which is what I'm looking for in going to church is the relationship first and then the conversation later. And that's, mm -hmm. you know, I, I was told by a pastor, well, maybe that church doesn't exist. And I'm like, you know, you might be right. What does that say? If that doesn't. Well, I think it does, you know, I, I the think fellowship that, that I attend and Greg and market and we're very, very, um, uh, open. Uh, our our main purpose is to build relationships with people where they're at, and then to to pray for them, encourage them, and help them in whatever rut they may be in. And all of us get in ruts. Yeah, and I think that's where we're going to close it. If you're a follower of Christ, you do need fellowship. And that's coming from a guy who hates going to church. You do need to be in fellowship. If you're not in fellowship, you need to find where you can be in fellowship or make your own darn fellowship because you do need it. You do need somebody who can who can honestly tell you where you're wrong or to actually dive into the more difficult conversations. So thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for your time. You have a great Wednesday and see you next Sunday.